Hello, welcome along to Blurt Out the Vote, episode four and counting. Joining me today, as ever, uh, is Jason Blurt. How are you, Tom? How are you, Jason Blurt? I'm very well. Um, And we also have a guest, Jason. Look, we have a guest. Um, Alina Cresci, a writer, presenter, politics enthusiast. What other words can I use (laughs) to describe you, Alina? Internet enthusiast. Sure, internet. Twitterer. Yeah. Twitterer. I don't know. Yeah. That's not really a word, is it? I don't know. So, as a Twitterer, what do you make of the Blurt thing? What do you make of this Blurt platform? This that- is the first. This is the first I've come across it. So mm. you're going to have to like explain it to me. But it sounded very interesting from what I heard from the previous podcast. But so I'm interested to hear a bit more. Yeah, we'll have lots of so Blurt scores for you. Yay! Well, yeah, that's. But you're going to have to explain the scores to me. I was trying yeah, to keep track of them, that. and I was we like, please, do please do. We're basically furnishing Twitter with a score system. Well, it's been a fascinating <laughs> week in the election cycle. There's been. Lo- it's been a very TV-heavy week this week. Lots of TV debates. Let, let's start, Jason, with, with Monday night. Uh, Theresa May, Jeremy Corbyn, both appeared on the televised debate. I mean, the first question, I guess, who was... And this is quite an Americanization of things. They always talk about the winner of the debate. Yeah. But screw it, let's do that. Who was the winner uh, of this debate on Monday night? Uh, Corbyn. Interesting. Yeah, I think um, without a shadow of doubt, uh, Corbyn performed better than May, on, on, on certainly on our data. Yeah. Uh, he was attracting uh, much higher sentiment figures. So his positivity was up sort of 30%. Uh, his blurt score, which is a combination of the sort of levels of engagement, the volume, the sentiment, how people feel about it, combined in a score out of 10. So how people feel as in How people feelings. feel and also how many people are feeling those good things. So is it specifically good things <clears throat> or like... If, if, say, there was, not that there is, but if there was a lot of, like, ill will towards Jeremy on so that particular score occasion. score out of ten. Yeah. Okay, one and two, you're getting lots of bad things being said ah, about you. okay. Eight, nine, ten, lots of good, positive things being said about you. Oh, okay. Uh, what so, was his score? What was his number? Uh, he, was, he averaged eight, eighteen throughout. Oh, well, that's good, isn't it? That's uh, very good, because last yeah. week he was on eight, and, he was that, and that was on the yeah. rise big time from what it was at the beginning of this campaign. Can you remember what it was? It was like four or something, wasn't it? Jason? Yeah, yeah. Um, incredibly low. Incredibly low, and, yeah, so, and his sentiment was incredibly high as well. It was 30% positivity, right. and that was off 107,000 posts. Okay. So big levels of engagement and, and, and big sort of positive numbers for Corbyn. The thing that sealed the deal for me, and I agree with you, right, from, from a non-blurt point of view, from just watching it, from just a, a punter, Alina, I, if the moment that Nigel Farage said, I don't agree with him, but Jeremy Corbyn definitely won that debate, that, that surprised me. I don't know if you saw that. It's the first I time mean, I think I've ever agreed with Nigel Farage. I think, I think Nigel Farage would, would just go for whatever opinion that he, think is the most, he thinks is the most controversial. Right. And it doesn't mean that he's wrong in this, on this occasion. I think um, Corbyn is just naturally better suited towards these kind of debates because he just takes it as it comes. Whereas Theresa May is kind of like, she is kind of nervy. She's not, she's she not is, that great she? when but, she's confr- confronted. But in PMQs, and do you guys do blurt when, when PMQs are on? Yeah, swear. we have. We have run PMQ Twitter worms. Ooh, There's a really? new phrase for you there, Tom. Why is it a worm? PMQ <laughs> Twitter worms. Twitter worm. Because it's, it's a live sentiment trace. And uh, you have one, one for Theresa May and one for Jeremy Corbyn. And generally speaking, pre this election campaign, which, let's be frank, has been a disaster for the Tories. At the moment, maybe it'll pick up next week when the election happens. Maybe it's all going to be fine from their point of view. But at the moment, it's been really... That's been the story of the campaign. Pre all of that, when they did PMQs, presumably Theresa May used to wipe the floor with him, didn't she? Uh, I, w- I wouldn't say she used to wipe the floor, but she'd certainly produce better data 
uh, numbers than than Corbyn. Um, I mean, he'd have his moments, but but generally, if you if you looked at the trend lines throughout that PMQs, she would she would generally win. Right. So it is quite surprising that you know that sort of hothouse environment that you get in the Commons for PMQs, she hasn't done too badly, mm. and yet I, I agree with you. She she looked very nervous, edgy. Paxman um, made her sweat. She certainly wasn't relaxed, whereas I think Corbyn was. And I mean, the litmus test for me, aside from the data, was coming across two tweets uh, from Alistair Campbell, who, let's be fair, probably is not Corbyn's biggest fan. I mean, he's the antithesis of Corbyn. Uh, and he said he did it okay. So that, that's like when bad. an enthusiastic dad says, yeah, yeah. not bad. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'll take that, I'll take that. So I think Corbyn will probably take that one. Alina, do these TV debates, and there is so much of them going on at the moment, do you think they make a difference to how people vote? Hmm, so I've been wondering this myself this week because I don't know how much of it actually cuts through to the public because, I mean, when you look at the... I can't remember the ratings off the top of my head, but you look at the ratings compared... Who did, who, I think Richard Osman has been comparing them to, like, oh, Britain's yes, Got Britain's Talent or something like yeah. that. And I know that's a really, you know... A, maybe it's a silly comparison to make, um, but I think it's really indicative of how many people actually watch these debates and I think it's like three was it like something like three point six million for mm. the debate, which I mean it's not that bad, but when you consider like there are a lot of Facebook videos out there that supposedly have been viewed three point six million times as well. So yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think my concern is while I think Jeremy Corbyn has been doing incredibly well, much better than anyone expected him to. Let's talk about cutting through. Um and we will move on from Jeremy Corbyn in a sec. Um Jason, he did the one show yeah, didn't he? he did. How did he do on Blurt during the one show? Okay, so you remember the the one show that we looked at with Theresa May way way back? Yes. Okay, so this is complete contrast. Go he on. came. His numbers were astonishing: forty nine percent sentiment, positive sentiment. Right. And his Blurt score went up over nine. What, right? so at one point, it was ten. Really? It's a perfect Blurt score. He came. Everyone. I didn't find a negative tweet. I was delving through, looking at each individual post, yeah. thinking these numbers are ridiculous. And the, 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 the positivity shown towards him was astonishing. Yeah, yeah. It was the manhole covers, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, 100%. It's got to be a stat or the jam. I don't know. It's one of the two. Could be his allotment. So, yeah, so, so, his, so, so Corbyn's score went up to 10, to 10, which is not something we've seen during this campaign, is it? Do you know, I've never actually ever seen a 10 for a politician. Let's talk about Theresa May during that debate then uh, with the Paxman and with the, the studio audience. What was her blurt score? So we've had that context of Corbyn going really high on the one show, going up towards 10 when he was on the one <clears> show, <throat> talking about jam and manhole covers. When Theresa May was talking about this cap on social care, what was her score doing? Yeah, so her, her blurt score went down from 8 to 7.3. So she, okay. had, she had a downward trajectory through the, uh, through the programme. Um, again, less engagement, sort of 78,000 posts compared to over 100,000 for Corbyn. Mm-hmm. And the sentiment was sort of 20% uh, positive, so a whole 10% less than, than uh, Corbyn. Um, and uh, lots, of, lots of people talking about it being boring, drifting off. Yes. Um, she used a war of attrition, didn't she? she- you know, can see why she doesn't want to do a debate. Yeah. Um, and then I think for me, the, the sort of Pierce resistance was uh, people tweeting out the audience are laughing at her. You know, it just yeah. that became quite apparent 
uh, yeah. to the audience. There were some funny moments, weren't there, Lena, from, from the debate on Monday night, for example, the guy standing up at the end. Did you see at the end of the debate? There? Yeah, there was oh, a... by himself. Yeah, just yeah. A, a, a one-man standing ovation. Yeah, and then there was a guy mouthing something I won't yes. say. <laughs> Not for a family-friendly... He's actually written a, a comment piece for The Guardian today. What, is, the guy who mouthed the yeah. word in the audience? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think okay. it's in the headline as well, so it's amazing. Where, where, where does Theresa May go? What does she do now at this point with 10 days to go as we are recording this right now there's 10 days to go to the election in fact less than 10 days 8 days I, I guess I, as you know as an admitted lefty I'm sort of cautiously pleased about how Corbyn is doing but I also I'm just having a feeling of the Miller fandom all over again it feels like so to give that context well, 2015 <laughs> a lot of people thought Ed Miliband was going to win well no they, they didn't think he was going to win they thought it would be a hung parliament and lots mm. of people um, it was a really really funny trend of these teen girls who thought that Ed Miliband was kind of hot I mean <laughs> they're not hot and great I mean you look at his Twitter now you look at his Twitter now and you just know like they were onto something and he's that was very the, funny now Ed oh, he's hilarious let's talk, let's talk about Ed Miliband on Blurt how does he do do you ever, do you ever score uh, him because he gets loads of retweets now he's funny if only he was that funny you would yeah, say from a left point I know. we haven't been tracking him um, for, for a long while now but I'm, I come across some of his tweets in, sometimes appear in my feed and I think why did why did you not do this? Because this, this you get managed, from? and I think yes. I think the thing with Corbyn is because he's really resistant to that. I think that's part of why he's maybe fed a little bit better at times, because I think he's a little resistant to the traditional trappings of politics. I mean, I'm guessing to be honest, because I I don't know Jeremy Corbyn personally. He might just sadly. be unmanageable. Mm. Well, well, I, I don't know. I mean, I think he's just more natural and. You know, Ed Miliband maybe didn't feel that he could be natural. He just, you know, didn't do it. And now he's sort of been unleashed. But anyway, that everyone thought the Miller fandom yes. was a sure sign. So it was all these teen girls who thought that Ed Miliband was great. They <laughs> thought it was a sure sign that he was gonna he was gonna get it. And I think, you know, it went to the Labour Party's head at the time. Well this is the thing. I think it was the first time we saw the echo chamber affect an entire party and an entire sort of tribe politically. And Jason that brings it back to Blurt really. That that echo chamber thing happened in 2015. People convinced themselves that the left were gonna do it or at least it was going to be a hung parliament and this time it might be time for a Lib Lab pact or something, uh, coalition. And it didn't happen. In some style, it didn't happen. Is there a danger, I mean, yes, obviously is the answer to this question, is there a danger of that happening again and we start to slowly convince ourselves because we're sitting in these Twitter bubbles and actually we're just the mosh pit at the front of the gig and the reality is that... I think, we, I think we've seen a different thing in the way the data is tracked out over the last few weeks now, this campaign. It's, it, it feels to me a little bit... It's more similar, I think, to the EU referendum in the sense that there's there's a momentum that appears to have built up. Um, so if you look at Corbyn's data over that you know the last month or so, you know he's getting more engagement, he's getting more positivity each time that we go along this 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 election journey. So it feels it feels to me more like a momentum piece that's building and building and building. And that's right? an American political thing as well. It's all about the big mo, isn't it, in America? I, I, Who's I got momentum? So. And there's no denying Corbyn's got it at the moment. But, but, is it, but this is presumably tracked mainly on Twitter. This is tracked mainly on Twitter, Because, yes. because Twitter is a very lefty sphere already, but we're talking about... Jason doesn't like I it I disagree. You, uh, it, it, you, you will find alternative right... Um, I mean, yeah, of course, of course, you'll find those as well. It's just a society melting pot, like any. I don't think. I think that it's more in terms of like the 
the people who are discussing the UK general election, there are, I think there are a lot more um, Corbynistas who feel that they have something to lose. So they are more likely to be engaged. We've seen it on Facebook as well. Like um, The Independent, for example, their entire Facebook strategy has to go all out Corbyn, 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 constantly anti-Tory. And you see... That it, you see their engagement levels are like huge, but I'm sort of wary of. Yeah, but what you're not seeing is the contrary engagement levels on the other side of the fence, and that's that's the thing about blurt. Well, no, this is so this we're not seeing. you're hovering above it. This isn't about just Corbyn. Like, like these these it's from um, Newswhip. It's about um, for, you know different news publishers and their sort of social engagement. So it's not necessarily like a party lines thing. It's just like about which which papers are doing what and it I don't know it's, it's just quite interesting and it's all coming Corbyn <coughs> and I don't know I'm, I'm sort of very cautious I think you've, been, you've been stung by 2015 I've been burned yeah. before in 2015 I mean I'd, I'd quite like it I'd quite like you to be right um, that would be nice but um, yeah I'm sort of cautious about it because you know I, I read a great um, blog post the other day which compiled um, some sort of off the record comments from people on the Labour doorstep granted this was before the current momentum and you know what they were saying like wasn't great um, so I, I don't know it's it sort of feels like and I, I think a lot of a lot of people a lot of the electorate are feeling this as well I don't mm. know who to believe anymore you don't know what to believe who knows what they're talking about I tell you what's been interesting as well during this campaign is that the sense that it's become more and more binary, more and more American. Like, because of the referendum, that brought through a lot of voices. UKIP, for example, became very, very strong. But during this campaign, those guys, UKIP, the Lib Dems on the other side, they've drifted away and their numbers have tanked. Um, Paul Nuttall was on the Andrew Neil show, and that felt strange seeing him on Andrew Neil for a guy who's in the polls at the moment. What is he, 5 6%? I mean, it's, it's negligible what UKIP are doing. And yet there he was being interviewed by Andrew Neil. How did he do on Twitter? Because from just well, I didn't watch that with Twitter on. Yeah, well, actually, he did. He did reasonably well. You know, and this, and this is this is so this is why you know everyone says, "Hey, Twitter's all for left wing." It's not. Mm. It, it's made up of like society's made up. It, there were there were a lot of right wing posts uh, appearing in support of, of Nuttall, and his numbers. He did all right. He he did sort of twenty three percent positivity. His blurt score went up to a seven. Right, um, that's the highest it's been. You know, it? he had sort of four or five thousand uh, posts during the half hour of the show. Yeah, he he did attract that right wing persona, if yeah. you like, that, that that came out and were and were very vocal uh, on on Twitter at the time. Does yeah. your model take into account uh, like bots? For example, yeah, we eliminate bots and spam because otherwise you, know? you don't get it. We can identify bots and, and spam within the system. They tend to operate on a programmatic basis. Um, Say, so, you know, they'll they'll push out X number of tweets every day or every couple of hours. So you can you can write little algorithms. We have little algorithms that work on probability factors of. You know, what's in their profile, how many times they've tweeted, so on and so forth. So you can discount them, basically. We can discount them. I mean, something something I've definitely found interesting, um, mainly looking in America, is not just bots. It's, like, accounts that are, you know, manned still by humans, um, but sort of portraying themselves as certain certain members of certain parties. Um, 
like I don't know how much of an effect it has on um, online discourse. It's something I'd quite like to look into, to be honest, like mm-hmm. as and research it because, you know, ever since ever since I saw those indie numbers, and I'm not just saying this because the Independent is a competitor, and I'm jealous of their Facebook likes. Although maybe I'm, <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, no, we can't. We we couldn't do the same uh, the same sort of strategy as they've gone for. Right. Um, but ever since I've seen that, I don't know. It's it's quite interesting because there's there's certain things around. Um, around how certain groups behave um, depending on where their sort of chosen political party is in the election. So there was the whole thing around Trump is that, you know, his, the entire way through his campaign, he was the underdog. He was the, you know, that they, there's, they keep having this in their, in their bios, don't they? That conservatism is the new counterculture. Well, now he's the establishment Mm. and it's a similar thing over here in the UK, you know, Brexit, UKIPish views that like Theresa May has adopted into party that is now the dominant culture if if you will it's it's the establishment so now the left is angry it feels like it's got something to fight for and what I wonder is how does that translate into social media does it make them like more keen to sort of share that stuff and and put it out there because it's an emotional thing isn't it when you want to when you want to share something mm. it's it's about emotions you you will share something that makes you feel anything so, and yeah so i don't but, i don't and, know how that affects and it. i think that's that's why nettles numbers went up because effectively he was playing that manchester card he you yeah. know he played the terrorism piece uh, throughout that interview and that gets people emotional yeah. and if people very feel very strongly about that then they, that they will vocalise that enough to win the seat you think he'll win the seat well he, uh, I mean the data so far up until the Andrew Neil show has been pretty poor yeah, um, yeah. I, um, but as I say it's one off show it, it, it's, it's a raw moment days the interview was days after the Manchester uh, terrorist attack People were obviously very emotional, and, and that was being vocalised in, in the, uh, the social media posts at the time around the interview. It'll be interesting to see how he does. Um, well, it'll be interesting to see how the whole thing unfolds next week. <laughs> Jason, I always ask you for this blurt prediction. Um, yeah. But at the beginning of the, us doing this podcast a few weeks ago, I think you were in the hunt. No, was it 70? No, or? I was 70. Right. Where did we get to last week? Do you remember? 40. 40? Now, what are you... Where are you I, I, I'm sticking by the, the trend that I've seen in this data over the last couple of weeks. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if we end up in a situation where Theresa May has there or thereabouts the sort of majority that she's got now. Really? So you're now <laughs> down, down towards yeah, 20? Yeah, I, I think, I think, I think the, the trend line is, is against her. Yeah. And therefore, I think... We'll be surprised when we see those those numbers. And it could all come down to something as simple as the weather on the day. It could be one of those. You know, if a certain generation don't get out and vote, and if those young people get out and vote, if the young people get out to vote, then I think we could we could see some really interesting numbers. But I, I think she'll she'll I think she's going to struggle to get anywhere near the sort of numbers we talked about at the start of this podcast series. Mm. So I think she's down oh, to about 20-ish. I'm sorry, but what a waste of time. What a waste of time. But hey, it's been fun doing this podcast. We've <laughs> all learned about Blurt. It's been worth it to learn about Blurt. <laughs> that's true, that's um, so that was episode four of Blurt Out the Vote. Um, if you've liked today's episode, uh, feel free to share it with your friends. Go on, if you love it. Give us a rating on uh, Apple's podcast app or wherever you get your podcast because um, then it helps other people to find it. So thanks for that. Um, if you want to go in and have a play with Blurt's general election hub, head over to the website, blurt.co.uk. It's Blurt with a double R, isn't it, Jason? You'd it know is. it's your surname. I sh- I, exactly. Yeah, I should know by now. <laughs> Jason Smith becomes Jason Blurt. That's been that's the one thing. It's like a really crap version of the Jason Bourne. 
becomes Jason Blurt. Um, for now, though, thank you very much, Jason Blurt. Thank you, Alina Kreshi. And we will be back next week, minutes before this general election campaign draws to its conclusion. Blurt Out the Vote is a Bengo Media production. <laughs>